0: Welcome to Finding Your Motivation on Anchor Podcast. I'm Steve Stazak. I am the host of the show. We sponsor the show. And um, I've got my lovely co-host, Nicole Newman, with us. Leader speakers. (laughs) Leader speakers is the sponsor for the show, as I mentioned. Leader speakers is public speaking skills and um, public speaking skills and presentation skills training entity. We help people not only get over their fear of public speaking, but help them become more confident and effective speakers. Today's guest is Kim Andes. Addis. Addis. I'm sorry. There is no N in there. There's I'm no thinking N. of the Andes Mountains or something, or the Andes Chocolates or what have you. In any <laughs> case, Kim is the president of Frame Mind Coaching. I'm going to let her just give a little spiff it about what her company does, and then we're going to get into the show.
1: So I run an executive coaching company called Frame of Mind Coaching. I have a team of coaches in Canada and the U.S., and we coach leaders, executives, entrepreneurs, senior leaders all over the world. So there it is in a nutshell.
0: Excellent. Okay. So we've got some specific topics that we're going to talk about here, some points that we want to ask Kim. So being that she's been in business, well, she's been in business for 17 years, is that correct?
1: 17 years. Yeah. Getting old. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> no you're not you're getting better
1: thanks so
0: basically what happened what the point here is is she was a coach before coaching was cool in essence like there's a million coaches. there are a million coaches out there and Kim was doing this before well so Kim was doing this before like 17 years ago it was a long time ago so she's yeah. got and she's probably built up a lot of expertise in this business So she could probably coach the coaches out there. Do you coach some coaches?
1: Uh, We teach coaching. We have a certification process. So we teach uh, people how to coach and we certify them in the frame of mind coaching methodology. And mostly we teach leaders how to bring coaching into their companies because the philosophy is great coaches or sorry, great leaders are great coaches.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so let's start off. I'm I'm gonna ask you some questions here how so how leaders let's talk about how leaders manage themselves in the face of adversity because that's huge
1: yeah so what we see is that generally speaking when adversity strikes leaders and people in general have one of two reactions they either fight or they flee right fight or flight and so those people who flee they kind of avoid the adversity they Uh, kind of shrink. They stick their heads in the sand and they feel uh, safer staying away from it and not necessarily dealing with it. What we also see is leaders who fight. And what that means is that they jump into a state of action. They say, okay, there's an adversity here. We need to take action. We need to take the bull by the horns and we need to make stuff happen. And what I find often is that Leaders often jump into action prematurely, and they often get outcomes that they don't necessarily desire that aren't consistent with what they're looking for because they rush too much into action. And so, what we recommend is that leaders take a little bit of time to slow down and really look at what they think, how they think, what they believe to be true about the adversity, and create a strategy as a result of that time is a result of that processing before jumping to action.
2: I can only imagine uh, what a task it must be for you to be able to take a leader that's so used to having the weight all on their shoulders and, and taking action. I'd love to hear what the strategy is for
1: you to get them to kind of take a moment and just breathe. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I, I'm, I'm so happy you asked that question. When we coach our leaders, uh, one of the things that we do is we record every single session and we ask our clients to listen to the recordings of their sessions. The reason we do that is so that they can start to hear themselves speak and start to build a a higher level of self-awareness. So that's one approach that we take. But the second thing that we do is we ask our clients to journal in a private and secure online journal with their coach every single day. So at the beginning of the week, they get a journaling prompt and they start journaling. And every time they journal, their journal goes to their coach who reads it and responds to the journal by asking questions, by going deeper, by peeling through the layers of the onion, and really by getting at the heart of matters or really understanding the beliefs that these leaders have about what it is that they're facing. Because at the end of the day, the beliefs you have will determine what you do and what you don't do and how you carry it through. So we get them to slow down. We get them to really think things through. We get them to self-reflect. And that self-reflection piece is so critical for extraordinary leadership.
2: Definitely. I I agree completely. That seems like a very
1: strategic and effective plan that you use. It's incredibly powerful. I can't say enough about the process. Um, It is quick because we're getting a lot of data in a short amount of time and we're moving clients through at a very, very rapid rate. So people see results very quickly.
0: Which uh, brings us to another question here. So what what, what are some of the top challenges that leaders struggle with?
1: Oh, okay. So the first one is that leaders feel often this high sense of isolation they feel like the weight of the world is on their shoulders alone they feel like they're in it on their own yes there are people around them but the end, at the end of the day the buck stops here and people don't really understand them or where they're coming from so they feel that heaviness that huge weight of responsibility and that is very very isolating the second thing they feel or they experience is that they have friction with others they think differently than others they have a different level of Urgency. They want to make things happen more quickly. And so they have a sense of friction in the world. I've never seen a leader without friction, to be honest. It's one of the greatest telltale signs. They feel like other people don't move quickly enough. They don't get it. They don't think smart. Uh, and so they feel that friction. The third one is that they feel like they're not living up to their potential. So they have this sense of chronic dissatisfaction. They feel like they should be further ahead, that they should be moving faster. Yes, they've achieved a whole bunch of things, but you know, if they really think about their potential, they're barely scratching the surface and they don't really understand what's getting in the way. And the last one is actually something that I call slippage. And by slippage, it refers to letting things slip through the cracks, things like their health, their eating, their nutrition, their exercise. And so these leaders are often challenged with not being able to have the time, the focus, the energy to take care of themselves and the things that matter most to them.
2: That is so true. If you think about it, they're in some ways, they're so busy helping out others that they're putting themselves last.
1: Would you agree, Kim? A hundred percent. They put themselves last. They feel like they have no time. They're always in a rush. They always have a million things to do, a million things in their inbox. It's that they have a feeling of being buried under the load, which leads them to isolation. And you see how all of these things are related. Oh,
2: sounds like it completely, which I think brings up a good point about how much emotional intelligence, if you could elaborate to our listeners about emotional intelligence, what it is and how important
1: it is. So I want to make a distinction between emotional intelligence and emotional resilience, and they're both very, very important, but let's start with emotional resilience, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we really help our clients build a higher level of emotional resilience because we find that extraordinary leaders have a very high level of emotional resilience, but what is emotional resilience? Emotional resilience is the ability to bounce back from adversity with speed and agility. And so, you know, we all get knocked down, but those people who get back up faster have a higher degree of emotional resilience. And those people who are able to reach extraordinary goals, not only have a high degree of emotional resilience, but they're able to do something with the adversity to leverage it somehow, use it as an advantage. So something bad happens, most of us, you know, after a while, we end up getting up, we brush ourselves off, we take our lickings, we're a little bit bruised, but we carry on. These people not only get back up and take their lickings, they say, there is something here for me to work with, there's some kind of advantage in this, let me figure out what that is. And they run with that experience.
2: Yeah, and and in regards to emotional intelligence, there's a really great book by uh, Daniel Goleman. Yes. Um, And he says that it can matter more than IQ. Would you agree?
1: Uh, I I do agree. Actually, in fact, uh, we're very close with the the EI, the the Daniel Goldman body of content. They are um, they work with our software. They are a client of ours, so we're we're very connected to them. Uh, but oh wow, I didn't
2: even know that. <laughs> yes,
1: so emotional intelligence is something a little bit different from resilience, right? So intelligence is having a I would say that it starts with having a very very high degree of self awareness. And uh, that enables us to have a better understanding of others and have some level of compassion and understand how other people are feeling and what it means for them and be able to connect with others and have a, a closeness that opens communication and conversation. And so, emotional intelligence is really a, a skill set that we can develop over time. Um, and, and they both go hand in hand resilience and intelligence. But when we look at emotional intelligence, starting point is to look at ourselves first before we look outwardly.
0: Would you not say that emotional intelligence um, is something probably more common in left or right brained individuals than left brained? Cause that's well, typically how that works, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think some people have a greater p- penchant or a greater tendency to be stronger in the area of emotional intelligence, to be able to just be better with people, better with others. Uh, but I really do think that, um, uh, you know, that that it always, always starts with being able to have insight, personal insight, and being able to be being willing to take responsibility for the role that one plays in their environment, whether it's work, at home, etc., What role do I play? What, you know, what did I do to create this experience or this situation? Um, And without people with high degree of emotional intelligence, don't point fingers.
0: Really? They don't point fingers.
1: They do not point fingers.
0: That's interesting because I know some finger pointers. So now I know why they're (laughs) unable to do that.
1: Yeah, uh, pointing fingers doesn't really take us very far, does it? does it? Yeah. Doesn't build. It doesn't create the outcomes we're looking for.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about this. So, <clears throat> you've got to record this, or somebody has to. When you when you go through this counseling or this coaching with these folks, we're talking about journaling here. So, yes. tell us about that process.
1: So what happens is at the beginning of the week, um, every client receives a journaling prompt. So we have a piece of software that we use. Uh, It's called Journal Engine. We created it in-house. And uh, basically, uh, that is the platform. It's a secure platform where people journal with their coaches. So at the beginning of the week, they receive a journaling prompt. And that gets their journaling juices flowing. And they start journaling. And every time they journal, their coach reads and responds to the journal. And so they could be talking about anything that happened during the day. They could talk, be talking about a conversation they had with their wife or their husband. They could be talking about something that happened at work. And the coach's job is to start to connect the dots, start to pick up patterns, mm. patterns of thought, patterns of beliefs, the patterns of behavior, really understand through this data, because we're collecting a huge volume of data on a daily basis, how this person is wired, what's important to them what their values are, what, you know, how they react and respond to things, what they really want and how sometimes their beliefs are not lined up with their goals and how sometimes all the time, the way they think is really the strongest or most significant barrier to achieving their greatest desires or the goals that they have.
2: I love that you said that.
1: I truly believe that thoughts become
2: things. And I think by making your clients and and everyone that you help do a journal, it makes you take that moment that you were referencing earlier, but also reevaluate, Emma, you know, you could be doing all of the proper steps, but if you're not putting your heart into it or you're not believing in yourself, it kind of can slow you down. Would you agree?
1: Well, so yes. So I want to say a few things that everyone knows. I mean, maybe not everybody knows, but there's a ton, a ton of information out there in the world that says that if you journal, you accelerate. You are focused, you reach your goals, you get rid of the toxic stuff that's slowing you down, etc. So, journaling by itself is extremely effective to get your head in the game. When you journal with a coach, it's a million times better than that. It's just so incredibly powerful because your level, you journal, you can write the same stories over and over and over again. But it finally takes someone to say, hey, did you know that you're doing this? Did you know that you're thinking like this? Did you know? Did you notice? Did you pay attention? You say you want this, but you're doing this. They don't match. So it takes someone to interrupt the pattern. So when you have a talented or skilled coach doing that, it's magical. So, so powerful. But Nicole, you said something a minute ago, which you said, well, you know, some people we need the confidence. They don't have the belief in themselves. Well, you can tell somebody all day and all night, you have to believe in yourself and they can say, yes, I know. But deep down inside, I just don't. So we need to figure out why, where that comes from. Okay. I love this.
2: I'm signing up for this after this.
1: <laughs> we can talk.
2: <laughs> all right. Let's talk. I like getting yelled at. So yeah, throw something at me, please. <laughs>
1: Some,
0: Some <math> coaching.
2: <laughs> So we, what we about people, we don't yell. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: What about people resisting coaching? Cause I know there's probably a bunch, a lot of folks out there, especially some leaders that are like, well, oh, I don't need this. What do I need coaching for?
1: Yeah. And those are not the people we coach. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, coaching works when you're a willing participant. It's kind of like, you know, the people who go to the gym and don't really want to be there. They don't last that long. Do they? same idea. That's true.
2: That's the whole reason when I, when I ever joined a gym, I, I have to be in like a class atmosphere because I love having, like you said, a third party going there and, and just kind of reinvigorating you and also, you know, keeping you focused on your goals. And it's just, you know, when I say yelling, that's a joke, but you know, and someone reminding you, I guess that's yeah. the better word. <laughs> yeah. Would you say, I, I really want to touch base on why, Why do you think that a lot of leaders, just from this conversation, I feel like we touched on it a few times, it seems like they sometimes tend to be last to know on the things that they have to kind of fix in their life, Um, but yet they're helping so many others. Why do you think that leaders tend to be last to know?
1: Well, I think that leaders are very outwardly focused. They are very results focused. They, They are very focused on the things they need to do to move ahead. And so- you know, when you're constantly in action, you don't take a moment to slow down and look inwardly. Um, you are trying to find reasons why not. And very, very rarely are those reasons related to you. So uh, leaders are kind of like, you know, imagine someone's running on a track and they're missing what they see because they're so busy getting to where they want to get to. And so they miss the view along the way. And part of that view includes uh, looking at themselves, self-reflection
2: kind of like when people are going to a concert and all they're doing is on their phone the whole time. They're not taking the moment to just enjoy enjoy the show. They're just so focused on everything else.
1: That is true. I I just think that that leaders move very fast and they miss a lot of, a lot of the journey, a lot of what's on the, on the road.
0: So what are, you know, what are some of the critical elements missing in most coaching programs? So being that you've been oh, around for seventeen years, I
1: can no, talk what's about what's good that. and
0: what's not. Because I, I got to tell you, I utilized. A, well, let's put it this way: I burned through two or three coaches, and I got to tell you, quite honestly, they weren't. They weren't. I didn't think they were doing what they proposed in the beginning. They were. It just wasn't. It just wasn't working. So there's got to be different degrees. So what are some critical elements missing in most of those? So
1: instead of saying what's missing, I'll tell you, if you're looking for a coach, here are the things that you need to, the criteria you should be looking for. Okay. Ready?
0: Yeah.
1: And whoever's listening, write this down. Number one, (laughs) is it the kind of coach you're looking for? So if you're looking for a strategy coach or a business coach, find a business coach. Don't find a mindset coach, for example, find the coach you're looking for. Number two, does this coach have experience? When you're talking to them do they get you do you relate to them is there a connection are they asking the right questions do you feel like you're un- you're being understood and that's really really important yeah. if not forget it next number three do they have a great track record do they have uh, raving fans do they have great testimonials can you talk to another client and see what was their experience like like very important number four do they have a process or do they just say hey we'll talk once a week or once every two weeks and we'll see what happens do they expect you to come up with an agenda, or do they have an agenda? It's very important in my mind that they have an agenda, not you. Otherwise, why don't you just lead the process? Yes. Okay.
0: Those last two points that you hit on—they were asking the, the first coach I got did that second-to-last no-no, and and he also did the—they also did the. What was the last thing you said again? last point.
1: Who, who's leading the process, the coach right. or the client?
0: That's right. And they wanted, he wanted me to like lead the process. And I like, whoa, 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 you're the coach. So to me, it was sort of a, I don't know what to call it, but it, it was a fact finding and I was providing all the information they were really weren't providing. Yeah.
1: Well, well, coaches need to ask questions to find right. all the facts, but coaches need a process to do that. And I'm going to throw one more thing in. And I think this is one of the most important things is how do they collect information? How do they extract data from you? How do they learn about you? Is it only through phone calls or, or sessions? Because that is not enough. I need to really know my clients in order to be able to coach them. And one conversation, one hour, once a week doesn't do it. I need really? more data. I really need to understand how they operate in a variety of settings. And so the way I collect data is I ask my clients to journal. And so I'm seeing how they think, how they operate, how they react to different situations every single day. That gives me a lot of data that allows me to really, really know my clients. I would suggest to you, most coaches do not know their clients well enough to coach them.
2: I love that because That's you're you're great. helping someone guide their way to their life goals and, and you should be taking the time to get to know them. And like you said, so many people don't do that important step.
1: I'll throw in a couple of more things. Number one is how frequently are you in contact? Frequency of contact is important. Why? Because when we have a lot of contact, what happens between us? we develop a relationship we develop yes. a sense of intimacy and without the relationship if you and i have this surface relationship where we only talk once in a while and i'm looking at the clock and we're like oh your time's up right the relationship doesn't get built the foundation isn't there and you know what you're doing you're not traveling with me to to your next place you're like a little resistant maybe a lot resistant but in order for me to take you to a new place You need to trust me. So that relationship needs to be solid. And so frequency of contact, intimacy, closeness, it's a, it's a relationship that we're in, in investing in the two of us. That's very important.
0: Well, that's interesting because I signed up and I'm not going to mention any names. There's another coach out there. He's pretty big, but what he, what he does is he, it was a coaching program. He said, you're going to be going one-on-one with myself and whatever his mark, his assistant. So I signed up for it. And guess what? I got on a zoom call and there was me and about 200, about 150 other people. I, I, I was out of that so fast. I mean, that, that was just, (laughs) I couldn't believe it.
1: Honestly. And I know that I like, I'm biased. I admit I'm biased, but if you really want an extraordinary coaching experience, please, please, please. Like investigate us, check us out, learn about us, talk to us, have a call with me. I'd ha- be happy to talk to you.
0: Okay, well that that is yeah. see now that that's good, a preliminary talk. But this other guy is um he's a business coach, a business wealth coach, and it was it's just amazing how what they're trying to do is they're just trying to they're just trying to get people's money. Kim, it seems like
2: your approach is so personalized yeah. and obviously extremely effective. I just, if we have time, I'd love to hear a little bit of how you, how you began. Like, are you the big sister in your family? Like, how did you always know that you were the type to really help other people achieve their goals? I would love no. to hear how uh, you got to where you are.
1: I'll tell no, I am the baby and I am the, 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 kid who came as a pleasant surprise 13 years after my brother. So I'm definitely not the big sister. I'm the baby sister, but I'll tell you a very quick story. Um, so I grew up in Montreal in, in Canada and in Quebec. And uh, in Montreal, you grade seven is high school. So I was in grade seven, my first year of high school and it was lunchtime. And what happens is you eat your lunch and then you walk around the circle, right? You just walk around the circle. I was really naive, really sheltered, really a very kind of uh, almost shy, you would say, I was walking around the circle with a a friend of mine and I noticed this girl uh, walking in the circle and she was taller than me. She had very, very thin hair. She had a broken tooth and she had a cigarette in her hand. And for me, I was like, whoa, like it was just I'd never seen anything like that. It was way out of my realm of exposure. And so I, I just kept looking at her and she caught me looking at her and she got mad. And so she came up to me and she said, what are you looking at? And then she put me against the wall and she wanted to fight with me. And there was a whole crowd of people that gathered and she wanted to beat me up. And I was like, um, like, terrified, terrified. I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I, you know, I didn't mean anything by it. I just couldn't stop looking at her because it was so radically different from anything I had been exposed to before. But anyway, a a teacher came, broke up the fight. I was fine. I didn't get beaten up, but I couldn't stop thinking about her for years, years and years and years. I used to dream about her. Her name was Shelly. But here was the dream. I'll tell you exactly the dream. We were on a roller coaster and we're together in the roller coaster. And I was having a conversation with her about how she could change her life, that she didn't have to be like this, that she didn't have to be mad, that she could reform and that I could help her. And that was my dream ever since the age of 12 years old. Wow. So when you ask me, how did I start this? It's in my DNA. It's my nature. It's my personality to see somebody struggling and say things can be different. Interesting. I can
2: see that. And if she's listening today, please call into the show next time. we I, a-
1: <laughs> I don't think she remembers me. I don't, I don't even think she knows my name, quite frankly.
0: Well, Kim... Thank you very much. It was a very stimulating, very informative program here. I learned a lot myself.
1: Thank you for having me on your program. I appreciate it.
0: You are more than welcome. And this will be airing on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. So with that, we bid you farewell and thank you very much for being on the show. Once again, Leader Speakers is the uh, sponsor for the show, Public Speaking and Presentation Skills Training. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was
1: amazing. amazing. It was my pleasure and my honor. Thank you.